You're listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by and recorded on location at Tree Bark Store in White Cullen, County Galway. Hello and welcome to another episode of Creative Voices. Today I'm delighted to be joined by a friend and excellent chef, Shane Regan. Shane, please go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, uh, my name is Shane Regan and I'm chef proprietor of restaurant Darcy 12 in the Market Square in Clifton in Galway. And Shane, perhaps you might uh, like to tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into food? Um, I suppose the recession really dropped me into food. Um, I was working as a sales rep in Dublin at the time and the crash hit in 2008. I went away and did a couple of months travelling and came back. I always loved food and I enrolled in GMIT for the TICP chefing programme and here I am today. So was there any particular reason, as you said, you'd always love food? Is there any fond memories or anything like that? that um, I used to cook a lot. Of, well, my, my granny used to cook for us nearly every evening after school, and I suppose I got into it, got a grow for it back then, and I've, I've always liked eating out in nice restaurants. And I suppose it grew over the years. Um, just I, I got more into food and, and tried to do a bit of cooking myself and, and experimenting. And, and yeah, I suppose I said I'd try and, and give it a go for a couple of years um, as my job. So yeah, and here I am with my own restaurant in, in Clifton and it's it's going pretty well, thank God, so far. And you have a bit of an interesting path from that TICP course in, that you mentioned to where you are at the moment. You went through a few... Uh Locations that neither were yeah. quite good. Well, we had um, we had a pub and restaurant in Roscommon, so I, I started it off there at weekends and opened a restaurant there. And uh, I suppose I did things backwards. I started as as head chef rather than starting as a, a, a commie K- or a KP. KP. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, it, it taught me some harsh realities, and 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 I learned a lot uh, on how to run a business, and and more so how not to run a business, a food business. Um, I did two years there and then I tongue in cheek sent my CV to I suppose Nevin Maguire's uh, McNean house in Black Line and also to chapter one in Dublin and three days later I heard from head chef Glenn Wheeler of McNean uh, giving me a three day trial to come up and, and see what I could do or couldn't do so I went up did the trial and I was successful and I, I, I got a job there for um uh, starting literally the following week and I spent two great years there learning everything about Irish food and how to buy uh, sustainable Irish food. And I suppose I grew a respect for, for buying off farmers and buying off local producers. And um, I tried to keep that ethos going forward for, for Darcy 12. It's a good experience all around, I'd imagine. Really, it seems you've got a fully, fairly well-rounded knowledge of the business there. Yeah. Did you find that in a kitchen like that, that they were very forthcoming with information? It seems like they were very supportive of... Yeah, look, everybody asks me, is, is, is Nevin Maguire the same as, as he is on telly? I suppose the, the quick answer is, to a certain degree, yes. He'll tell you if something's wrong, obviously, because he didn't get to where he is today uh, by, uh, by being a pushover. Um, he was very fair. I uh, really enjoyed working with him, and I, I learned a, a lot of, you know... The valuable lessons. Valuable well. lessons, of course, yeah, within the business, yeah. It's, just, it's probably the most the busiest restaurant in the country, I suppose, as a... A waiting list for I think eighteen months at the moment. So well, yeah, okay. better get signed up. So I wouldn't mind a bit of that myself. <laughs> <laughs> and tell me this: was there a particular moment, um, be it working there or going for a meet yourself, that the kind of idea struck that 
definitely for you food was not just a job and career but something that you really wanted to do was there a meal that you experienced that really opened your eyes to it or um no i wouldn't necessarily say a meal but i suppose the whole um the whole kitchen environment kind of just grabbed me and it hasn't let go yet anyway so yeah i just i loved the rush and 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 you know the pace of the kitchen and just doing good food you just felt that you know i'm actually doing something good here you know there's a lot of chefs out there that do cooking for 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 a job and to 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 earn money obviously that is very important but there's a lot of chefs out there that that cook from the heart and and they try and marry that um making money i suppose and and their passion and try and meet it somewhere in the middle and i suppose that's what i'm trying to do in in our own restaurant in in clifton it's quite a seasonal business there in clifton really isn't it yeah it's it's we run from Paddy's weekend, just before Paddy's weekend, up until the October bank holiday, and then then we close down. I'd love something all year round, but I suppose Clifton um, is very very quiet during the winter months. I tried to prolong that in my first year in business. This is my third year, but in the first year I opened at weekends, and it was just wasn't many people coming through the door, so I kind of made the decision to keep it seasonal and. Uh, yeah, I go away in in the off months and and I do a couple of stages in in different restaurants um around the world and well, even around Ireland and just to learn and 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 upskill and see what's going on in 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 other restaurants. I suppose that's valuable too as well to always be educating yourself and I suppose it's uh, I found too that within the industry in Ireland it's actually quite supportive. I mean, yeah. I I've seen even online through yourself it's surprising how many people you can connect to when you uh, very open about your honest honest about your relationship with food yeah yeah oh, it's massive look at uh, that's we're always learning within kitchens no there's nobody that knows everything because everything changes as quick as you know it um but yeah chefs around ireland chefs in england or you know even further afield instagram and 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 facebook and 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 twitter that engages you with them straight away from anywhere in the world and you, you can a lot of chefs anybody I I've been in contact with had no problem sharing or, or you know discussing different aspects of of the industry. Yeah. And do you find what an interesting conversation I've had with chefs who've been in the business for a long time is that while there's a obviously a shortage in general of young chefs coming through some of the young chefs who are coming through are well quite passionate and interested in food or very interested in what's been put out there on TV they have this uh, notion yeah, of a rock and roll yeah. lifestyle of a chef and they could do foams and gels but they might not be able to make a mayonnaise you know yeah exactly uh, look at I suppose I, I started as a head chef in our own uh, pub and restaurant so I suppose I can't really talk on that but I would say just try and get into a kitchen that that is renowned and that you know you're going to learn and that they make everything from scratch yeah, um that that that's most important and just spend at least 2 years there soak up every little bit of advice and 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 experience that that you can get and then move on to something else or something next you know something else you want to learn or or, or some cuisine that interests you um but yeah it's all a learning curve you know if I could turn the clock back I would have went into chef when I was when I left school but look at I can't do that <laughs> so um, that's the uh, my advice to any young chef or anybody thinking about getting into the game is you know get in get in early get into a good restaurant don't think about how much you're going to get paid obviously it's important just get in somewhere that that'll treat you right respect you and and that's somewhere that you learn and put in the hard work and it, it will pay off in time 
And have you found from someone who came to food as something that you're quite interested in as a passion and then actually work in the industry, is it difficult to maintain that kind of level of interest and desire to learn new stuff? Um, I don't think you ever, you know, for me anyway, I, I love food. I, it's an obsession to me, really. I'm, I'm you know, always surround myself in, in trying to do different things and, and, and different aspects of food as in Instagram and books and what's what's on trend and, and, and what's working and what's not working. But yeah, I still... You know, eat, eat, sleep, drink food, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's always always in my in my in my brain yeah. for now. Anyway, I suppose it's hard to get away from it, especially online, because it's such a visual medium that it's very easy to um, find something that would interest you when you go on there. Yeah, uh, I find for me with photography sometimes, and I, especially if I go on your Instagram, I almost have to wean myself away a little bit from other people's works because. It can be a bit overwhelming because there's so much content, first of all, but then secondly, trying to compare yourself to people who may well be doing it at the very high end. And that's not saying it's unattainable, but it may not be a realistic market that you're in. I mean, there's no yes. point trying to sell a product within a market that has no desire for it. So exactly. have you found anything that's kind of on trend at the moment that you're interested in but wouldn't really be accessible in Ireland yet, you think? Well, there's like there's some... <sighs> fantastic chefs out there Michelin stars one two and three stars in my wildest dreams I don't think I'll ever have one but you know looking up to these guys I think that's where it stops you know I think you know that them boys have put 10 15 20 years of hard work into it started at the bottom learned their trade they're still learning and you know some of the food they're putting out is phenomenal like for instance Mikhail uh, chef Mikhail Fijinen in the greenhouse in Dublin in my opinion, it's 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 just phenomenal food. It's the best, probably one of the best restaurants in the country easily. Yeah, it's one star, but in my opinion, it should be two anyway. Yeah. yeah. Is there any other particular people in the industry in Ireland that you'd kind of... Uh... Obviously, obviously, I'd have to give Nevin a shout out. You know, he, he he's still going. He's doing, you know, a lot of work for RT. He's a great ambassador for, for supporting Irish food. He's been around forever, I suppose, but he's still a young man. So I'd, I'd definitely think he has put Ireland definitely at the forefront of, of gastronomy I suppose yeah. I suppose what's interesting too is you find that like Ireland is a country that could have had a rich heritage of food and yet we seem to be a little bit late to the party yeah definitely so um, I can't get over how we've missed the boat on we haven't missed the boat I suppose but <laughs> we should have been on the boat a little bit sooner <laughs> um, like if you think of the seafood shellfish fish oysters you know in Connemara it's just the quality is just phenomenal um, again the lamb beef you know the wealth of of produce in Ireland give me another country that has a similar I um, suppose your diversity too I suppose. yeah it's yeah. it's it's so good we we actually take it for granted you know I think that the produce here is just phenomenal I've always found an interesting one too as well that like for an island nation the percentage of people who until recently ate fish was quite low yeah. I don't know if it's this uh, hangover of Catholicism from eating fish on a Friday or something or yeah. what it is. I, like, I'm from Roscommon originally, so I was part of the party of uh, not eating fish. <laughs> uh, um, but I suppose that's because we're, maybe we're landlocked. Uh, we think it's going to take days to get to the sea or for fish to get from us, from the sea to us. But, you know, it's just a myth. It's just miseducation going back to, to, to eat more fish it's eating more of anything, I suppose. It's just education within food. There's a big thing at the moment, that, and I 
wholeheartedly um, back it up is that we should have some sort of food um, education in our school curriculum for sure you know because you teach someone how to speak Irish that's fine you teach someone how to speak English maths eating if you don't eat what happens to you you yeah. die or if yeah. you don't have nutrition you know there's a lot of health problems at the moment obesity if kids and families and parents were, were educated within this it'd be a lot easier to, towards the hospitals you know to take yeah there's definitely a lack of connect between Irish people and where their food comes from yeah and again, it almost seems that we, we skipped through the middle part and went from no interest in food to what would be considered reasonably exotic types of food. Yeah. And now there's such an open access to it, it's like people lost any sort of real connection to yeah. realise that there's quality, quality produce, like you mentioned, available right next door. And yeah. all year round, like to me, I don't like seasonal. Now, nowadays, is there a seasonal? You know, you go, you go into any of the big shops and you can get mangoes, you can get asparagus all year round yeah. it's not Irish but you know it's there it's available <laughs> it's available yeah. yeah so I really do think like even at me as when I started off you'd see a bag of meat or a bag of vegetables coming to the back door people need to learn how it got to that bag how it got to that stage back to where the farmer or the, the butcher killed it and, and you know they need to know the whole origin of the food and what it took to put that bag of food there you know it's, it's so important yeah, I found out something similar. I spoke with uh, a couple of weeks on the podcast, the chocolate makers, and mm. they were trying to educate people in the process they do, how the amount of work it takes to get the raw bean all the way into a chocolate bar. And I suppose you've a kind of similar experience, don't you? Like, I mean, you, you put a nice plate of food in front of someone and maybe they're more worried about taking a picture for Instagram than they are yeah. about knowing about the provenance of it, you know? Of course, yeah. So tell me this, you've built strong relationships with suppliers locally. Would, would you want to talk about that a little bit, perhaps? I know that you're... Yeah, look, at I, 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 I buy my, my oysters off, off um, John Ward from Castle Oysters. He's, I suppose, 10 minutes drive from the front of the restaurant. Um, you know, fantastic product, John. I don't think he sleeps. He's just work. Maybe he sleeps in the water with, with the oysters. <laughs> but uh, yeah, excellent product. Um, we try to champion them on our menu. Uh, the same Connemara Fisheries. It's all comes from Rossaville. Um, we just try and, and and buy local. You know, a bag of salad to someone is a is is it just a bag of salad? I actually drive from Clifton to Gerard once if not depends how busy it is or twice a week to Uncle Matt's um, to buy my salad leaves and, and micro herbs and they do this, their own uh, blackcurrant vinegar and that but you know when, when, when you use that product you actually feel good yourself that you're you're contributing um, you're using something you know where it's coming from it's Irish it's grown fresh it tastes better it's not just a bag of salad someone put the effort into into growing the salad and you know I, I, I treat that salad with a little bit more respect because I know where it comes from and I think that's kind of a good philosophy towards food in general that you seem to have like I've had the pleasure of eating in your restaurant a few times and mm -hmm. I think you've done a great job of marrying like classic and simplicity yet with modern and interesting yeah uh, was that a kind of conscious move on your behalf? Was just a direction that you found from your own interest in food? Well, I suppose the menu at Darcy 12 is, it's more so, you do have people on holidays, it's, it, there's a high tourist um, traffic in, in Clifton, so you kind of have to, to, the menu has to be written towards them, and then I have to scratch my own ego that, you know, with, with the other uh, kind of dishes that I suppose that would be, kind of more fine dining and then kind of more casual food we try to marry the boat and it 
so far it's been working. Yeah, but I think this is a great legacy as well for yourself because um, I remember you showed me your grandmother's cookbook. Yes. Um, yeah. Which is fantastic. I think it's unre- unbelievable. A, a real asset to you and also I think a story you should tell pretty much everyone that comes through the door. Yeah. Um, like I'm aware of what I'm talking about. Perhaps you might want to tell people. Yeah, I suppose it was it was kept over the years. My, my mother kept it and it, I don't know how it lasted the test of time but it's it's I still have it it's all of her recipes she did a lot of baking and uh, bread making scones um, you know every Friday was, was, was fish day as we spoke about before yeah and sometimes I reference it I go back to it they say within food the future is in the past and by having that book I suppose yeah, that kind of yeah, says it all yeah, yeah, it, yeah. yeah it's, it's nice to have it as well so well, I think sometimes like it's um, there's a danger at the moment of people being very interested in what's as we spoke about on trend or in, mm. interesting or popular. But for me, and I, I would think you might agree with me here, it's, it's more difficult to run a food business on a long term basis and be good and consistent than it is to be the cool thing. Yeah, consistency is key, um, and to keep consistency, you need to keep the same staff. Um, you need to keep a good level and a good standard of staff that. You know, look, let's not beat around the bush that staff that give a shit. You know, it's very hard to find staff that have, you know, a good attitude. They want to learn. They care about your business. You know, they're few and far between. You know, if if I find someone like that, I look after them. I'll pay them well, you know, and, and try and get on with them. I don't shout and roar. I don't believe in it. I don't think you get the best out of people. Now, you do have to have some level of authority in the kitchen but it's like a small family we just have to get through it together and um, and that's it really yeah do you think too is that kind of mindset of the angry chef changing a bit like I mean I've known you a long time and I, I you're the least angry man I could imagine so it's it I could see how it would be definitely uh, more peaceful in your kitchen yeah I think I think a lot of chefs nowadays like chefs are so you know they're like hen's teeth we can't get them so you need if, if you get a good guy through your door or someone that's willing to learn you have to mind them you can't shout and roar at them it's 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 you'll just drive them away and it just puts in my opinion it it, it puts it gives a sour taste in the kitchen and that's something you definitely don't want in the kitchen yeah, yeah. <laughs> pardon the pun yeah that's a, that's a good one there shane <laughs> And uh, is there, you know, outside of your own area of cuisine, is there something in particular that you'd be interested in, like, if you were to experiment widely? Like, what's your what's your cuisine that you'd go, a choice that you'd go for, should we say? Um, I really like, uh, and I keep finding myself going back to it, is, is Asian flavours, Japanese, Chinese, Thai. I just love the freshness of lemongrass, lime leaves, um, galangal. I just, you know, uh, Thai basil, all the, all the, you know, really fresh ingredients. And it's 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 simple food. They keep it simple, but but so tasty and so good for you. You know, um, a lot of it is, is excellent. And yeah, that's probably my go-to. I, look, I like, I like a lot of cuisines, but yeah, I like I like Thai and, and I and think Asian, I interesting stuff about some of the food you mentioned there is it's a lot of food that needs to be made with patience. I know myself yeah. from working with Thai food and, and other Asian cuisines. Yeah, this isn't something you can just knock together. No, no, there's this process in everything you do, even our pork belly. We we kind of we need to marinate it for 24 hours in a in a soya glaze and and uh, slow cook it and you know there's time and care and love I suppose put into it but uh, it definitely makes it makes the dish it stands out on its on its own and it's just basically giving a giving a shit <laughs> about what you're doing just always I think a, a good piece of advice is always ask yourself why am I doing this you know what's the what's the 
what's the end goal? The end goal. It's it's yeah, it's key. And in the time that you've been in the industry, do you see that the consumer is a bit more educated about the work that goes into food? Um, yeah, to a certain degree, I think. You know, it's there within you know a lot of the European people that come in, the French and the Italian and the Spanish have much more of a their culinary backgrounds and their palate would be a little bit further down the road than than the Irish, uh, and that's not saying anything bad about the Irish. It's just, I suppose. Exposure and experience. It's exposure, experience, and again, education. It's massive, you know. Um, some people think that you know we open at five o'clock, but some people think, oh, you're 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 in since four. Like, no, we're in <laughs> since. Depends how busy we were the night before, but we're in ten, eleven o'clock to open at 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 five o'clock, ready to roll. So, yeah, I think we need to just kind of learn a little bit more. And uh, good food takes time. You know, yeah. I was at KTEX there recently and I was just taken aback by the amount of food that was geared towards convenience and processed. It, was, it just frightened me. I was going around eating, I don't know, I had like 20 different types of goujon or popcorn chicken. And, you know, I just, to be honest, I kind of walked out the door and said, what, what, was, all that what was all that about? Yeah, where's the craft gone? Yeah. And, uh, you know, is it dead? You know, so, yeah. And you, you were up there with Glenn, I believe, were you? Uh, I met Glenn uh, up there, yeah. He, he was up there with Nevin. On, on, yeah, and he's doing on something very team. interesting as well. Yeah, Glenn, 28 Glenn, Darling Street, isn't he? 28 Darling Street in Enniskillen, yeah. Great restaurant. I had the privilege to do a couple of days over Christmas uh, in the off-season for me uh, with Glenn. Give him a dig out, you know. Great guy. Zara, his wife, front of house. You know, they're a dream team. Two small kids, no more than yourself. I don't know how you do it with, with, with a business as well. But Glenn is doing well. He's recently been on a Great British Menu. It hasn't aired yet on BBC, but uh, yeah, Glenn's, Glenn has been a big part of my... Uh, he taught me a lot whilst I was there in McNean. He's a, he's a good friend. So yeah, I wish him the best. It's funny, actually, I think, for those who might not know, that we both came through the... Uh, GMIT system of mm-hmm. uh, the Total Merchant Chefing program, and I think a big part of your background experience too is Uncle Frank, as we call him. In yeah, GMIT, yeah. Uncle Frank, and we better not forget Auntie Anne. No, we better not forget Auntie Anne. <laughs> you get boxed around the years, Jeff. <laughs> but yeah, Frank was, you know, just a wizard in the kitchen. His knowledge was phenomenal. I don't know how many years he's been chefing, but. You know, and yet lot. still has an amazing respect for food and he a patience does. that is kind of rare in the industry. Yeah, yeah. You could ask him 150 questions, whereas I kind of stop after three. You yeah. have three times to ask me that, and that's it. <laughs> Don't ask me the fourth. But yeah, Frank was brilliant. Anne was brilliant. You know, they could they gave us so much time. And you know, these are the people that you kind of look back and, and they're the forgotten people to a lot of to a lot of chefs. You know, that's who put you on the road, or, or, or who, who who you know took took you under their wing and, and did everything they could for you and sent you out. Um, well, I definitely felt that the time we spent there, they invested a lot of their own personal time and effort into yeah. the students and actually gave a damn. Well, it kind of, how many years ago is that, Jeff? It's oh, that's nine, nine years ago. Nine years ago, and we're, you know, I was talking to Frank, I think, last season. I was talking to Anne six months ago, yeah. So, yeah. you know, there are always people that you could call upon or ask ask for advice. And what's interesting, I think, to see as well is that, that group of, well, it might have been, I can't remember now, maybe 12 or 13 of mm. us that came through that, a lot of people went away from food for a while and then actually ended up coming back coming to it. Coming back to it, yeah. I found that hospitality is a sticky industry. It's hard to get out of it. It's easy it just, to get into it. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think that's, once you get that interest and passion, 
and you get a kind of a bit of a peek behind the curtain. Yeah, it, there is a certain kind of buzz to it that those who haven't experienced it. Yeah, look at it. it objectively, it seems like you'd be crazy to work as a chef. Yeah, yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. You're not going to be a millionaire straight away, or if ever. <laughs> But, you know, if you can marry running a good business and being savvy, you know, have a good accountant, a.k.a. my mother. <laughs> and Your mother fills a lot of roles in Yes, terms. and uh, and and just, you know, the bit of passion. Try and marry the boat, do a good job, look after people, cook good food, buy it right. You know, you have the recipe for a, for a good restaurant. Another pun. Yeah. Thanks, Jeff. <laughs> You're just churning them out there, Shane. Yeah. Um, so yeah we might just have we kind of touched on Darcy 12 there briefly but maybe we might just give a, a bit more education to people you're, you're based there in Clifton Town yeah in the Market Square in Clifton yeah we're, this is our third season at the moment um, we're open we open five days for for dinner we close at the moment Tuesday Wednesdays and hopefully we're working on a new lunch menu that's going to run Friday, Saturday and Sunday please God it'll be open for, for Easter weekend if not it'll be the May Bank holiday yeah so I suppose with the seasonality of it you know it's kind of hard to be open full time yeah. and predict when it's the right time to be open and you just have to be a box clever because you know you've, you've staff to pay you've food to keep fresh it's, yeah once Clifton gets going from I suppose Easter onwards it's it's pretty easy to, to manage it I suppose yeah, yeah. And where would you see the future of the industry in Ireland? Is there any particular issues besides the obvious chef shortage, which I don't know if those of us who aren't in the hospitality industry may not be aware that there is a particularly bad shortage of qualified chefs in Ireland at the moment? Yeah, I'm, that's obviously the, the biggest point on any chef or any, any restaurant or you, you speak to. That's, that's the problem. Um, I suppose the VAT rate uh, going back up was, was, was very... Um, Disappointing. It was very disappointing, and it was very um, harsh. As in, it could have been brought up an extra two notches, not mm. up to the full whack again. You know, but look at what can you do? You just have to put your head down and, and keep going. Um, rents, I suppose, is another thing that could. Uh, you know, it's seen as things are getting a little bit better in certain industries. You know, rents for for properties for restaurants and that are going to go up, and and you know, it's the margins are quite small. So you, yeah, it's just to try and, and I suppose keep them at a level that's that's attainable. Because yeah, I think and one of the issues that I found there, I spoke about rents and overheads and margins. That like yeah. everyone has such a desire to be in the food business that I have this slight concern that even within Galway City, there is so many food related businesses they can't possibly all last the test of time no. there is a finite amount of people that are going to go for a meal and I know people are getting a bit more flush with their money at the moment or flahulik or whatever you want to call it but yeah. do you think the lack of any sort of there, there is obviously regulation within the food industry there is your environmental health officers and other things but pretty much if you have the money or someone to back you you can open the doors of a restaurant yeah. It's kind of astonishing, really, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose the biggest problem in that respect is there is, you know, huge, big corporations that have 10, 20 restaurants, and the only loser out of these big restaurants and big chains, I suppose, is, is the standalone restaurateur that has one restaurant and he's the chef and he's the plumber and he's the electrician and he's the accountant, he's the front of house. You know, these guys are, are going to suffer... Um, because of that, you know, um, 
but again, what, what, what do you do? Do you cap it or do you... Yeah, I don't know the quick answer. Yeah, well, that's what I'm just, I'm just curious. Is was there isn't really a solution as, as such? Really, I definitely don't have one in mind. No, money talks. I think yeah, and the more of it you have, I suppose, the more restaurants you can open. And yeah, it's. I just say to people, uh, try and support your local, um, everything local, really. Yeah. You know, it's it's it, that's the way to to combat it. I suppose I'm not trying to put anybody else out of business. I'm just trying to speak for the people that are in the same business as myself. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. And uh, so your your dream destination, Shane, for a meal, if you go anywhere, uh, any budget, any restaurant, wow, in the world, there's a few. I w- I'd love to go to France and in in Stockholm, the Ledbury in London. Yeah, there's there's loads. Yeah, Jeff, definitely. So if anybody wants to pay for me to go to, to them, London, yeah. <laughs> but even the greenhouse in Dublin is excellent. Macneen is uh, is something everybody should do. It's 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 the service and everything up there and even the drive up to Black Line it's just a f- the full package and you have to go for the breakfast too okay yeah. <laughs> so uh, if people want to find either yourself or the Darcy 12 online yeah. how can they go about that well I'm under Chef Shane Regan on Instagram but the restaurant is uh, Darcy 12 uh, on Instagram and it's the same for um, Facebook. for Facebook yeah. yeah and that's Regan is R-E-G-A-N isn't it that's correct yeah Speaking of which, you've, you've all the Regan clan roped into the business, yeah, I believe. Yeah, I'm very lucky. Look, at I have, I have my sister, who's my front-of-house manager, my mother, who is, as I said, is my accountant, uh, my pastry chef. Uh, what else does she do? Uh, she irons all my whites. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she, she does a lot. I'd be lost without them. My brother, Eamon, he comes out when he can. And uh, I have a sister in PR in Dublin who gives me a hand, too. And um, Sarah... And then Mark, my brother as well, he gives me a hand whenever he's home from Belgium. So, yeah, it's a family affair. I don't think Fiona got to mention my name there to start, did she? Uh, Fiona, sorry, Fiona's very important. Sorry, Fiona. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm lucky to have them. If it wasn't for them, you know, I don't know where Restaurant Darcy 12 would be if there'd be a Restaurant Darcy 12. So. I like that, though. I like the, you know, it's always good to be able to count on that kind of support. But there's yeah. also... I found from my own experience, having myself and my wife having had her own restaurant where her, her dad worked, her mum uh, chipped in the other time, her brother worked for us for a long time, her cousins and her uncles, everybody pitched in. Yeah, There is an investment in the business there by yourself and others that it's, it's hard to find elsewhere. And I think that energy does feed out into the customers. People can feel that and sense the kind of... The family affair kind yeah. of thing. It's 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 yeah. It's it's nice. It's nice to have it behind closed doors. Sometimes it's not that nice, but look <laughs> at it. We won't talk about that. Um, but yeah, as you said, yeah. Jeff, it, it resonates through the place. And and as you said, you're you're a customer and a friend. But you can see that coming through from mm. from when you've been there. Yeah. Well, Shane, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks um, for having me. Jeff. It was a pleasure to have you here. I look forward to myself to dining at Darcy Twelve once again this season. Anyways, I'm sure we'll be out to you very soon. Thank you very much. Thanks very much, folks, for tuning in. That's the end of today's episodes of Creators Voices. We'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening to Creative Voices. This podcast is sponsored by Treebark Store and produced by P3B Photography. For more information, find us on Instagram, treebark.store, or at P3B underscore photos. You can visit our website, treebarkstore.com, or p3bphotography.com. Thanks again, and catch you on the next episode.